Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, Bet Online, our exclusive wagering partner. Bet Online, of course, where you get all your action on NFL football, NBA basketball, about to get started up in the coming weeks here. And Bet Online AG is the place you want to go. More options to wager than anywhere else online. So, online today, take advantage of all the great midseason bonuses, offers, and contests. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Use the code CLNS50 when you go to betonline.ag. Once again, betonline.ag, code CLNS50 to get you 50% off your initial deposit. All right, welcome in. And that's a wrap. That's the show. <laughs> Goodbye, <Bye>. guys. <laughs> yeah. One, two, three, Cancun. <laughs> yep. The Celtics lose again. This is as much that effort, right? This is as much as I have to say. <laughs> That's it. That's unfortunate. So For you the had first time the Celtics have left John speechless. Look at that. I'm well. You know what? Bobby's going to say something that'll upset me more than what happened tonight. I'm sure. So yeah. I'm going to let Bobby go. We'll go go. To yeah, start. you feel that too, right? Go ahead. Well, now the pressure's on to do it. Uh, I all I was going to say is that you had a sense coming into today was what Brad said pregame that the team's kind of packing in at this point. Uh, they're in a good position to lock up seven. They obviously have some guys with some bumps and bruises here. So it wasn't surprising to see smart kind of packed in and we probably won't see him the rest of the way. I'd imagine Rob would definitely won't see the rest of the way as he tries to recover from that turf toe. I just wonder, and Sherrod and I were kicking this back and forth to start this one. Why is Tatum playing heavy minutes on a back-to-back? Why is Tristan Thompson still out there as he deals with a pec strain? You're pushing those guys and holding others back, and you still don't even win the game. You kind of you said during this game that you thought the Celtics were trying to win, John. I didn't see anything that pointed that out today. I didn't see it from an effort standpoint. I saw it from a strategic standpoint. You started yeah. Tatum. You played Tristan, who wasn't yeah. 100%. You played for, I like I said, we can debate – what the merits of starting Tremont Waters tonight. I understand the philosophy. I think you wanted him to kind of hound Sexton a little bit. That was the theory behind it. I'm not saying it's the right call, but he clearly played the best, what he thought was the lineup to win tonight's game. But I just didn't understand any of it. You know, like, you know, What's the well, point of well, playing if you're not really going to try? What's the point of keeping Tatum out there till 30 seconds left in a fourth quarter of a game that had been decided for a while? Like, why is Tristan playing heavy minutes? Like, what are you? What was the? What are you doing? What are we doing here? Well, the, Again, no. Well, with Tatum, I, I think a lot of that has to do with them thinking that they had, that was enough to beat the Cavs. You guys don't think that? I, I mean, I know that's not what it looked like when we watched it. When it watched it unfold, I think when they started, yeah. Yeah, but I don't – I mean, to, to what Bobby's saying, you know, about Tatum, um, I think they put him out there to obviously get him another rep, get him a 30-point game, you know, get him going and, and close this out. You know uh, what, I though? They thought that this was going to be enough to close it out. Jill Sway, that that's such bullshit, if that was what they were thinking. Um, you don't put a guy out there just to get numbers. That's part of the problem. That's part of the narrative that so yes, many he's people so have about for all NBA. Yeah, yeah, but this was a different putting approach, putting guys out there though. to get numbers. But that was different. I mean – and especially, especially in the second half. Look, he was attacking. He wasn't doing those steps. He was more in the second half, no question. In the second I mean, half. It, but, for the but, first but, time, but, Brad was actually making plays for Tatum out of the timeout. I'm like, okay, great. Let this galvanize the entire team. But that's obviously what – that's not going to happen, right? 
this isn't that kind of team. You know what? This this is, but here's the thing about that's Tatum, not their, That's not their identity anymore. Or ever, you don't have to call identity. plays. You don't have to call plays for Tatum because Tatum is going to call his number. The ball is going to be in his hands more than anyone out there. I don't understand why would you risk him in a game like this where your, your standing is not going to be significantly impacted one way or the other, and you are, again – if you are serious about maybe we can get the gang together and maybe we can make a little bit of a push, why are you rolling the dice that he's going to stay healthy when you're already down smart? You're already down Jalen for the season. You're already down Marcus Smart tonight. You can't play Kimba on back-to-backs. He's literally the only source of significant offense that you can count on and rely on. Why in the world would you put him in harm's way against a Cavaliers team that literally had nothing, nothing to gain by winning this? Yeah, no, back none. to back. They even it looked like they wanted to. It looked like when they got up, then they're like, "Shit, we're we don't want to win." And they took right. Kevin Love out. You know, they right. took Kevin Love out. It's like, no, Celtics, come get this one. They're no, like, "Come get it." I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna leave this, this W like, here for you. Right. You guys want to yeah. come get it? <laughs> it's insane. Like, this no, is just like the Thunder game. They're like, stick with the program, Celtics. Come on, you're supposed to take this one. Yeah, I thought. I thought the Cavs competed pretty well throughout this one. Love especially. He really took it to them. This, Yeah. And Okoro was sensational on Tatum. That's a guy I've loved for a while now. Uh, It's just – He's been doing but, that, but you yeah. know, and this is, but that's what bad teams do. They compete. They yeah. they know they're not going to win. They know that they're not as talented as who they're playing. So the only way that they can save face is to play relatively hard, and that's what Cleveland did. I didn't think Cleveland played significantly hard and tough. They, frankly, they did what they were supposed to do. They've got some young, athletic guys out there. Those guys play like young, athletic guys do. They're going to make some plays off sheer effort. They're going to miss some plays because they're not as talented as you are, which we. Saw them miss a bunch of layups all game long, and more nights than not, they'll lose by eight, they'll lose by ten, they'll feel good because they played hard. But if you don't show up, if you don't play with comparable effort, you're gonna get your ass kicked like the Celtics did again tonight against a team that came in what was eleven, I think eleven in a row they had lost. You can't, you can't be the stimulus if, package if, for bad teams to get that one dub every month. If I'm in the, if I'm Indiana and Charlotte, I am. Friggin' killing myself right now. You know, like, absolutely like, oh, gimme, 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 you know? Absolutely. Uh, get me into that eighth seed. I get, I'll, we're going to coast into the playoffs here. Just wait, you know, we'll, we'll take care of these guys right quick and we'll be sitting, you know, sitting pretty at well, seven. That's the interesting thing about this is are the Celtics checked out for good or are they checked out until that game? It's hard to matter, check it's it it, When you now. check out, you can't check back in. It doesn't yeah. work. It's well, over. I, I you don't I, all of a sudden. It's like a fight. You're in a fight and you decide, I don't want to fight anymore. You're not going to all of a sudden decide <laughs> I you want to fight Brad again. Even says, that, that spoke volumes, right? When he said that they're going to have to assess everything. In other words. That yeah, was stunning to me. Like, that's yeah. what he meant by that, right? He couldn't say it in layman's terms, but that's exactly what he meant. Like, we have to assess everything. We have to see if it's worth it. We have to see where Marcus is, where, you know, everyone that's been battling injuries. Why sacrifice the beginning of next season? You know, especially when you look at this timeline. You know, looking ahead, as a, as a lot of us are doing with Jalen Brown. I mean, you look at the timeline. He's set to to start next season. You know, so I mean, it's not the worst thing in the world. See, I course, I took that to more. To think about everyone else's health too. It's not just about Jalen resting and, and getting. Yeah, back. you're right. And and I took that more as going into the playing game. Not that we're gonna bow out of the season, but we need everybody available, ready and fresh for that playing game. And this next week or so doesn't matter here. But that that makes it a wonder why they handled Tatum and others the way they did today. What ha- it doesn't even matter. It doesn't even matter whether they're checked out or not because right now everyone that sees them on their radar is 100% sure they can beat them. And they know that all they got to do is play hard because yeah. that's the Achilles heel of this team. They Bobby. don't play hard enough to win. And the teams, yeah. yeah, and the teams that we're talking about that they might have to play, like Indiana, Indiana, I think their their effort is, is kind of – it fluctuates kind of like the Celtics. Charlotte, no. They're, they can't beat Charlotte playing the way they do. Charlotte will out-hustle them, out-work you know, them, you know and that will win. You know who the Southern's gonna look like? They're gonna look like what Philly looked like in that first round. Do you remember yeah. Philly? Philly last that year, hollow shell Philadelphia 76ers team where you who was had, missing one of their key guys, right? right? Missed one of the key guys, but you know, and be doing whatever he wants, but it just it didn't matter. You know, even against that Celtics team, <laughs> Philly might return the favor. Dominant as as most of us thought that, that they were going to be in that playoffs. 
That would so, be a fu- that would be a funny flip if they yeah. end up in round one against Philadelphia and it it's a sweep oh, the other yeah. way. So Bobby, to your point, you know the whole, thing you were talking about, you know that we, we we all flipped out about a, a couple of games ago, which is like Celtics should still be able to handle whomever in the seven. I'd be stunned if they won the seven eight game. I'll be stunned if this team wins the seven eight game. I really would be. And then it comes down to can you beat one of these other whoever's scraping in that 9-10 slot to, to sneak into the playoffs. And it doesn't mean they can't. Of course, uh, an A-plus effort against a, a flawed team like a Charlotte or an Indiana, of course they can win. But, I mean, I would – if you're t- where am I putting my money? I'm putting it on the other guys right now uh, without, without much question. Oh, Bobby conveniently leaves. <laughs> <laughs> He'll come right back. Well, well- I know. If Robert Williams, he's gone. He fell. Bobby's gone. If they like the Celtics defense, he just disappeared. <laughs> Nowhere to be found. Yep. Why would <laughs> That's you, exactly what it's like? <laughs> why would you re-enter the room when you're not there? Is he a ghost? All right. Yeah. Anyway, I'd be I'd be shocked right now. I mean, I I'll, I'll, I'm shocked if they if they if they're if they win if they win that seven eight game. And that's well, and it's sad because all you're really wanting them to do at this point is to compete. Play hard. Give yourself a chance to win the game. You don't have to. And that, that was the, the beautiful thing I thought about the second Miami Heat game. For the first half, at least, it looked like they wanted to win the game and they were competing. They weren't pulling ahead. Miami wasn't pulling ahead. They were actually engaged in the game. And that's what you want as a fan. You just want them to show that they actually give a rat's ass about winning that game on that night. But when you go to Cleveland, even if it's a back-to-back, and even if you are shorthanded, shorthandedness does not it should never ever affect your compete level because whether you got a full 15 or just six of you, you still have the, you have the opportunity to compete. And that's the frustrating part about this team. Yeah. How many people, and again, you know, I know it's a personality thing, so it's hard to say like, okay, Tatum looks like he doesn't care. I think that's unfair. Sometimes Jalen Brown's kind of that guy too. He doesn't have that thing, but like, I just, I would think the losing would affect them more in a more outward way. You know, like you'd see more displays. You'd see more anger and frustration. It almost just feels like like it's – They've accepted. This is their fate. Yeah, and that's the sad part. And, again, I know this is like bullshit media body language stuff. I'm just saying when you're watching – let's just – Take it from a casual observer standpoint. If you're watching this team, do they look torn up that they're underachieving? The right. They don't. They don't. They look like you're very much have accepted that, like, hey, this is who we are and this is where it's going to go. And then that's that. And when right. they talk about it afterwards, you don't get that that sense that this really pisses them off. The fact that mm-hmm. they are not playing as a team as well as they should. They're not competing as a team as well as they should. And I don't understand how that happens. Because when you are a team and you have a high level of expectations for yourself and you're not meeting them, and even if there are injuries and health and safety protocol and all these other issues, that should not take away from the anger and frustration that you should feel when things aren't going the way that you want them to. And with this team, you just don't see, you don't hear. There's nothing that indicates this team is having a crappy year. and and that that that's troublesome because it should yeah. there should be a tangible sign among the team that they're pissed about this. So who 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 do you guys who who tried tonight? Okay, like if you're looking at effort, Smith, Cornette, Cornette was great. <laughs> I thought Cornette was great. Yeah, you, need to make that a, you need to make that a two second meme. It's him saying Cornette just now. Cornette. Did you see the joy in his face? I'm going every to right. every game he plays in, it feels like he plays good. I wouldn't That's go that all far. I'm about I'm going I wouldn't go that far. On that note, I'm going Peyton Pritchard. Uh, we talked about it a little bit. Before. I wish he started Pritchard. Pritchard before we hopped on, we talked about it a little bit, Sherrod and I. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if he's still in the doghouse for those rough starts. I don't know if this is that tough love from Brad Stevens, but what's the deal? Uh, no, you know what Peyton it is? Just I don't know. He's started. done this all year. He thinks that happen? Brad thinks that if he staggers good players into his bench unit, and in the starting unit and mixes up some of the rotation guys that they can have better flows throughout the game. But what it's really done this year is gotten them off to horrible starts in these games. And it happened again tonight, I thought. Waters was not well-connected with his teammates there. He got taken to a little bit on the defensive end by Cleveland's guards. And I I, I just didn't understand yeah. it. I get what you're saying, John, because yeah. he's that defensive specialist kind of. 
you're thinking. I don't. I wouldn't have done it. I would yeah, have. Was, I would have. My, my problem. Yeah. My problem with the thinking is that he's not in the rotation to begin with. So why That's would he start? Why yeah. would he start? That's yeah. a good point. Is you're, it's, you're it's not. Like, it's not like the guy right, off It's the not street. like a couple years ago. It's not like a couple years ago when you had Gerald Green who came out of nowhere and was going to start not lineup for the playoffs. Gerald had actually played. He was a rotation guy at some point during the regular season. So it wasn't as if he was some guy that you had to dust the mothballs off of and just kind of, you know, prop him up there and get him ready to go. He was a guy that simply just fell out of the rotation after having been in it. Tremont was never in the rotation. And yet you're giving him starter minutes. I mean, Tremont, when he has been at his best, he has been a nice off the bench, change of pace kind of guy. He has not been a guy that you put with your first group to help jump, get you guys off to a great start. Pritchard and his shot making, I thought, could have been really beneficial. It would have given Fournier another guy that when Fournier wasn't hitting right away, he can pass it to Pritchard and Pritchard would take some shots, maybe help him get going. I, I don't understand the – I do and I don't understand what Brad's trying to do. I just don't – I don't agree with what he's trying to do. I guess that's the best way to put it. Yeah, it's strange. Yeah, play it's the guys that you know are going to play for you. He's still – and I mean, still you know, trying to find it, you know? Yeah, and to answer your question, John, I mean, he, he tried the hardest, in my opinion. I mean, look at the way he stuffed that stat sheet. It was under was it under 20 minutes, uh, 12 points, eight rebounds, four assists, you know, one steal. You know, like, I just think maybe Brad thinks he's maximizing his, you know, to, to use what Bobby, what Bobby used to say about Robert Williams, he's maximizing his potential and in, in, in that. Keeping no, him that could be minutes. true. Yeah, and we've keeping seen Pritchard struggle. Minutes. But, We've seen you know, Pritchard struggle the, against starters this year. I, I know, pass. but I mean, you're you're out of options here. Colin Sexton. I mean, I don't know. Well, let me ask you this again. Get the rookie some. You know, give look, him a challenge. There's a there's an understanding, and again, like I said, I you can understand when one person goes out to not insert Pritchard into the lineup, but in a very simple way to look at this, four of your best players are out tonight. Pritchard is one of your four best bench players, okay? Your two best guards are out, and the guy who plays the most minutes at, at that position who isn't smart or Kemba doesn't start is very weird, okay? It's very simple. If you trust him to play any minutes, trust him to play starters minutes when you have literally nobody else. Well, not only that. I understand it when it's one guy missing and you've got your full lineup and you want to keep him with the second unit right. and preserve you continuity. That. You're missing everybody. So play the guys who actually play for you. Instead of some guy, as Sherrod said, you're dusting off, you know, uh, uh, who's just not out there. He's not out there playing with these guys. It's just bringing a guy in off the street and being like, hey, you want to play with Jason Tatum? It's yeah. cool. You know, like... Yeah, we need one. We need one. Yeah, we just need <laughs> one. <laughs> I, got, I got this. I got this. Right, right, right. This guy, we, we got, got nine. We got nine. Doing his stretches, you know, his, yeah. you know, the Woody Harrelson, you know. in the corner with his headphones on. Yeah, yo, yo. <laughs> hey. It doesn't make sense. It, it, that's very simple logic. Like, one of the guys actually plays a lot of basketball for this team, and the other guy doesn't. So what yeah. are you starting the guy who doesn't for? Yeah, I don't get no, it. This also, is I mean, my God, you played Carson. Hasn't been that bad either, either, I, I said I wasn't going to get mad. You said you're playing Carson Edwards yesterday for no freaking reason at all, <laughs> and then today when you're out forty guys, you don't bring him in at all. How, like, how are you supposed four minutes? <laughs> and then how are you supposed? How are you supposed to build something? And we talked about the amount of starting lineups that they've had this year. I think it's probably 35, 36 at this point. That's not just because guys have been moving in and out. It's because Brad has had a variety of ideas of how he's wanting to go about it when guys do go out. Some nights it's Shemi. Some nights it's Grant. Some nights it's uh, Neesmith getting mixed in like it was tonight. And then two to four nights this year, it somehow became Waters being a significant part of not only the rotation, but a teammate to the people in the starting lineup, which doesn't make sense to me, not only strategically, but you're not building anything there because he's not going to play in the playoffs and he's probably not even going to be here next year. So what's the point? Again, I think the starting people was... in the lineup, I like that. <laughs> what's that? That's so low-key troll and Tremont right there. A teammate to the to the, to the the uh, guys in the starting lineup. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but you're a I different mean... kind of, yeah. A <laughs> yeah, that's a good start. That's the motion. Yeah. <laughs> I love Waters, but we're seeing it. He's, don't he's say just that. not. Don't even say that. You don't have to. 
Yeah. You don't have to. You don't have to give him the he's nice tag. Just forget it. <laughs> it's okay? not us. It's you. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's not you. It's us. What do you think of what? He means uh, well. Uh, he's he nice. Well, you know? <laughs> he's nice. No, it's he not. Means well, as always, he's not. Just not. He means not well. He tried. He tried. You don't want to around. Good effort. Yeah. Good hustle, kid. Um, so uh, so who's, who's who's here next year and who isn't? I might not be here next year. <laughs> <laughs> Can we do this again? Oh. Come on, man, John. You have. I'm seeing the end of the opt into the contract. I'm I'm back next year. I'm in on next year. I I'm think seeing, can hit I'm seeing the Cancun, oh. you know, situation oh. now. Well, even, if I was, even if I was in on next year, I'm not doing this right now. No, like, no, no. This team doesn't deserve that. They don't deserve a. You know, it's it's it's. I can see the light at the end of the tunnel. No, no, absolutely not. No, but who, but who who on the roster is probably not here next year? Jimmy, I'm, I'm thinking. <laughs> Damn, I'm thinking. And I, and, and I genuinely like Jimmy, listen. but I, I, I do too. I, I, I saw him today, and I was literally like, "This guy's not in the NBA next year." Like, it just crossed my mind. Like, someone will no, someone will pick him up. He'll he'll he'll, he'll be picked up. Yeah, Waters somewhere. Waters and. Semi, I see a lot of 10 day contracts in Semi's future and maybe a trip overseas. And, and one of those games has to be against the Bucks because that, yeah. that's that's on a scouting report. Like, he's he's pretty good surprised if that's the team that picks him up, though. He's pretty Why good against Giannis, right? That's what I'm saying. Maybe a team in the east that's that's trying to match up, you know, against Giannis. And you know, his best game of the season will be when they play the Celtics, you know that, right? So, oh, I feel like absolutely. everyone, I feel like everyone in the last like 72 hours turned on smart. Shemmy, Shemmy will drop 17. It's not about turning on smart. It's just a legit question about who's on the edge here. Yeah. On a, what's going to be an expensive roster? What's his contract? And what's his future look like? I think again, I someone tweeted me today and was like, "You guys are putting this all on smart." I I don't think that's what we've done at all. We've pointed out some of his flaws with the and you know shortcomings this year, but I think overall he's actually fought pretty hard to fix this situation. He's been hurt. He's been out of the mix and off off the ball and stuff like that at certain times. But strictly talking about his contract, his age, which. I couldn't really figure out the other day, but now I know. <laughs> 24, is it 25, 26, 28? And another free agent to be in Fournier. It's a legitimate question. Plus, unlike John, I do think he has value around the league. Well, uh, it's not about whether he has value. It's about whether there's anything you can get in return. I don't, I don't really care so much about what other teams think of it, what are they willing to give up? Yes, like, exactly. That's the, that's that's, the big difference. That's the concern I have with Marcus. I, I, there's no question that teams mm -hmm. around the NBA like him, but how much are they willing to give up to get him? That's that, to all, me, that's always been the case. Right. Exactly. And, and, and that's where I'm not sold on the Celtics being able to do something with Marcus that they're going to feel good about, that they're going to get yeah. a good return on. Now, if, if it gets to the point where they realize, you know what, we're just not going to plan on re-signing him we might as well try to get some assets right now for him then that's that's a different conversation but if we're talking about whether marcus smart has tremendous value to the point where teams are willing to give up fair market value assets for him i don't think that's the case yeah. i just don't i i don't think teams are because one i think because of the kind of wear and tear that he's put on his body. I think that is something that teams are a little concerned about. Two, he's not making a ton of money, but you know if you make a deal for him, he's going to expect significantly more. Are you willing to commit to an 18, 19, $20 million a year Marcus Smart down the road? Probably not a lot of teams are willing to do that. So those are some of the things that if you're Danny Ainge, you got to be thinking about how can I get value for the guys that I'm probably going to lose anyway and get enough value where I can flip that into something of significance for my team sooner rather than later, because they need to make significant changes, not in terms of getting, you know, top 10 player or anything like that, significant changes as far as reconfiguring their roster. This team, the way they're constructed now, you can't have a Tristan Thompson as your starting center next year. You can't have, you know, three, four, five guys, you know, who you've been in your program for two or three years, not playing. Where does that doesn't happen when you when guys are on your team for more than two years and they haven't played, they're not on your team anymore. Again, you're finding a new home for them. Right. Yeah. So right. with, with, with Taco, Tremont, you know, you look at uh, Shimmy, he's been kind of in and out. Um, you've got to find a new home for those guys if they're, if you don't plan on playing them significantly. And, and again, there's a reason why you don't play them 
because they're not they can't help you win right now. And very simply, from a value perspective, you're talking about a guy entering a contract year. Okay, Bobby, what did Evan Fournier in a contract year making 17 million dollars net then get the get Orlando in return? Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. That's but what I mean. Is like what assets? Two second are, round picks. Two right. second. That's nothing. It's that was nothing. at the deadline. I understand true. that, but you know, you're going, you're going in to get a guy for a year who's a rental. Are you gonna? That's are you gonna give up no, real, I, real yeah, assets see, there? See, that's no why so many, way. That's no why so many way. people differ on this, on this, on this Marcus Smart thing is because everyone sort of uh, has a different in terms of his value. We're not quite sure what other teams think, and I think a lot of people, especially in Boston. A lot of people have different, you know, opinions on on, on where how valuable Marcus Smart truly is. I, I just don't know if during the offseason is the time you try to cash in on on trading someone like Marcus Smart. You're not you know? going to get better. That's the problem with Marcus and that's Smart nothing too. Yeah, right. You're not going to get better. Like so, you're yeah. have to that's get what it, I said from the start. Marcus Smart the dollar, right? does not. Mark, you you are better for keeping him than anything you can get in return for him. Because again, and that's the Bobby, Sherrod hit it on the head. That's always been the issue. It's not that Marcus Smart isn't a valued player around the league for what he does. It's that you don't value him enough to give anything of value for him. You know, so that's the thing. You're not giving up first round picks or young assets for a player like Marcus Smart. And so he's great, much greater value to the Celtics right now. It'd be the same thing with Kemba Walker. You can't trade Kemba for equal value. What he gives you on the court is way better than what you're going to be able to get in a return, given his salary and age and uh, no, injury. And, and, and so ultimately, that's why you're stuck running it back. I'm sorry, Josue. I kind of jumped in, but that's the whole yeah. that's the whole ball game with there. And ultimately, right. you're better off for keeping him on a fair deal after next year. I, I agree with you there. It just does this team have the stomach to bring everything back at the prices but they have be. no they have virtually no choice that's and, the and that's and, and that's the umbrella that they are going to be walking under as they bring these guys back this is a team that we had to bring back because we didn't have a choice and all they're going to use the health and safety protocols they're going to use yep. injuries they're going to use every yeah. all of the explanations that we've talked about at some point to justify why the they're doing that and and for them they can and for them and the players it's going to be an opportunity to really find out what's in, whether these guys, frankly, get it. I mean, you're getting a second chance to run this back even when you probably didn't deserve one. Are you going to take advantage of the opportunity? Are you going to play with greater effort? Are you going to not be seen as a soft team? Because that's what they're seeing as right now. Anyone that has a Celtics on their schedule feels we just play moderately hard. We're going to win. We're going to win. They have become that team that they would demolish in past years. That's who they are now. Right. And if they play if they play Philadelphia in the, in the first round, this would be the one year where Doc Rivers can take a 3-1 series lead and feel pretty good that they're going to go to the next round. <laughs> pretty oh, good. Man. Oh, man. If the Celtics get one, if they get one. Uh, and, that's assuming, and that's assuming, right, that's assuming that, can, that they can get out of the playing tournament. Right, which is right, it gives exactly. an assumption that I'm not sold on. You know, it's still an interesting one though when it comes to smart Lonzo Ball. I oh, look, I, I'm still thinking about ways to get it John, done. I'm working the trade machine over I here. Know, I, Bless your heart, Bobby. Bless <laughs> your heart. I'm looking at John, wait for him to get to, to, to get. Mad. Well, I, again, you I know I, where I, I am on that. I, I just don't think up. that the Pelicans are going to make that happen. There's the nothing, nothing. I think I, 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 come, I think it's that. more about the team that he's playing for than it will be the Celtics. I think I, I think I just don't think the Pelicans are going to get an, a, the kind of offer from Boston that will make them want to do something like that. They might have no choice if he's leaving. So that's the thing. It just does Boston have the ability to rote enough money? Yeah, elsewhere? you're back into you're back into John Collins. Uh, and um, and Lonzo territory. If those teams don't want to pay him, those will be interesting names that come up because it's okay. Is this the point where they take salary matching and assets because they they're going to let him walk anyway? You know, do you do that? Perhaps um, that could be the only thing I could think of. Um, but that's you know, I don't know, I don't know. It's interesting. Um, I mean, the the two names you hear that they have the most flexibility to move going into the next year is Thompson as an expiring smart as an expiring. The value there isn't great. Can you but- imagine a GM of, of a rival market trying to sell to his fan base, why he traded a really I think you can sell smart Thompson. though. 
Especially if you're the Pelicans who play no defense whatsoever. If you can get a second-round pick for Tristan, yes. I think The reality is you have to give away a first-round pick to get rid of Tristan, (laughs) which you're not going to do one year with that money. But you're not going to get anything. Here's the thing. We go too far. If you got a second-round pick, you would ship him tomorrow. I I guarantee the Pelicans, the Hawks, the Mavericks, some of the most defensive challenge teams in the league with smaller guards – and that need help defensively in their backcourts would be thrilled to have smart, especially teams that are trying to form an identity and make a playoff run for the first they would, time. But not for anything real. They're not giving up high draft picks or real or young players. Nothing to get you better. You know, depends who it is. That Pelicans one's interesting to me. It's just Ken Boston wrote enough money elsewhere to work the contract in. Because you really like to pick up a guy like Ball who has future potential, who can stay here long term, and who can age with the Jays um, as well as uh, with you, know. you can do Ball with maybe Neesmith, Robert, and a couple of firsts, and 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 make the salary matching. If you wanted to really unload everything that you have, yeah. If you threw every asset you have at it, maybe you wrestle a piece like that away, but you're giving away a bit, you know. Yeah, um, but Robert, Robert would have had to have been completely healthy now, you know, impressive showing. It would have been March. That being said, this is a this is a small nagging injury, not one of the ones that like were like red flag injuries coming. He's got so many of those, John. That's the thing. It's like every other month there's a different nagging injury. Yeah, he's dealing with especially for big guys like this stature. Like that's not good. It doesn't bode well for how you know historically typically pan out. Yeah, no, you're probably right. Um, I think he's going to be back for the playing game. I think he'll be good to go for it, but we'll see. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, even if he's back, how long is that going to last? I mean, is he going to be back for a game? Is he going to be back for a quarter, a half, the rest of the tournament? Uh, How long long does that usually persist, John? The turf toe is supposed to be, if you just – they just say – anywhere from two to four weeks it's mainly a rest injury he's not going to be within that range of it being well you shoot it up and you play through some pain tolerance and then it is what it is i mean he tried to give it a go and was a mess you know after a few it was very clear he just didn't have that spring it's just it's sprained ligaments in and around your toe it's it's just painful um and it's usually i mean it's an nfl you see it in the in in the nfl usually those guys are out a few weeks but it lingers sometimes it kind of stays stays with people um, so I, I don't know that we, I mean, by the time this season is over, which could be as soon as like a week, even if it's into round one of the playoffs, I don't know. There's enough time for him to like be a thousand percent off of this. Um, you know, I mean, he was on the court a few days ago, so I well, mean, he hasn't he, even really begun resting. All he really has to do is rotate defensively and make some passes offensively. And you're not going to get the full effect of him, but it should help to some degree. Um, yeah, but with, with Robert, I don't know if he can just mentally confine himself to do just those things. Because remember, he's a guy that plays above the rim. He's yeah. a guy that that's how he impacts his athleticism. And that turf toe is a bigger deal for him than, let's say, someone like Luke Cornette or right. someone like, you know, who doesn't necessarily play off their his athleticism. Lessened, yeah, hugely. Uh-huh. Hugely. Um, uh, well, let we'll just let everybody know we're not going to go all night tonight. It's a back to back, and it's just this game, man. I, we're all going, <laughs> you know. Uh, but we are going to do the locker room thing. We'll probably head over there in about fifteen minutes or so, um, and um, and chat it up with you guys a little bit. Um, so make sure you download it. Make sure you join us. We want to hear from you guys, um, as always. Um, you know, it's a lot of the same story, but there's definitely. Um, Definitely a lot to discuss. How are we feeling? Feel confident they can even sneak into the actual playoffs at this point? Do you want them it's to? It's not that hard. You have to win one game. So my biggest question is, do you even want to see it? Like, I, do you want to see them? Yeah. Get, I do. Get, I, you want to see it because you want to see them humbled. I'm saying, right? I want to see it because I want to see – how they can handle when they're all that talk about your backs against the wall that in the playoffs, that's legit. You have nowhere to turn whoever you are, whatever you are supposed to be in the biggest, grandest, greatest moment of the season, you are going to get exposed. We are going to see the the varnish. The veneer is all off. You are two in the morning beauty. How are you looking at two in the morning? When the deed has been done. No, but I do. We're gonna see. I, I kind of want to see. That's I why I want to see. see. I want to see like four 40 point losses to the Nets. <laughs> oh, shit. I really oh, do. I don't want to see that. 
I, I don't want to see that. Because I don't annihilated. think this team is that bad. I don't think they're that bad. No, but I want to see it because I want the offseason to be a real gut check. You know, like, don't, oh, we did our best, spirited effort, moral victory columns. No, I want yeah, but then the moment absolute goes. abject humiliation. Okay, and that's why I want them to get into the playoffs. Wiped out. Yeah, the moment the moment Tatum gets hurt, you'll be like, see, why do they even compete? They should have they should have bowed out when they when they had the chance. No, I want to see them play. I want humility forced upon them. I I don't want all that, but I want I want them to be on the stage. I like the Brooklyn series too. I want to see what they're made of. I want I I want I want to see it unfold And, and then see what they say after the game, you know, after all that talk that they've been saying all year long, you know, about you know, back against the wall and all that. But then, you know, with the Jalen Brown injury, it sort of gives them, you know. But but then again, you, you want to see them have that nothing-to-lose attitude, but we, it's not happening. And if, not, if it's not happening that, now, it's not going to just happen, you know, as soon as they start the playoffs. You, you want to see that next one, too, because of what we talked about with them being able to go small and get rid of their centers, uh, you know, it being a matchup that I – really wanted them to compete in all year, but they were just unable to. So from that perspective too, you want to actually see them be able to play up to a team like that and give them some trouble. And like you said, John, it's just going to be so staggering that if they aren't locked in, they're going to get annihilated in an embarrassing way. So that's the ideal one for me. Like you want to see them go up against that team right away and have that kind of challenge thrown at them. Yeah. And, And I want to see them get destroyed. Um, <laughs> four forty point damage. Four forty yeah, point losses. Anything? No forties. No, because that's that's payback. That that's our payback uh, for for having to endure this all year. Okay. Um. You know we've suffered. Now it's time for them to suffer. Now is uh, it better if they get that twelve to thirteenth pick? That becomes a question about the playing. Of course it is. I mean, ultimately yes. But I want to keep doing this sort of. You know, we're I'm a I'm a friggin' masochist at this point. I want to keep doing these shows. I want them to be relevant and in the conversation. So I do want a round of playoffs here. Um. But I do ultimately I want to see them up against a massive challenge, and I want to see them. Uh, well, they're playoff team, and that's what I want to see. I want to see whatever happens. That's what I want to see. If they put up a great fight, that's a good thing. You feel a little bit better about something. If they get annihilated, great, because they deserved it. And I want them to head into the offseason with their tail between their legs, thinking about what an, what a total failure this season was, and try to learn and and get come back next year and be like, we can't be that ever again. Can't be soft like this. We got, you know, it's got to be a real gut check sort of summer for them. Yeah. And you deserve a playoff spot four games if you're the seventh seed. Even with everything they've done terrible over the last couple of weeks, they still have a two-game leg up with the tiebreaker on Charlotte. And the league has put a system in place to give a team like the seventh seed, Celtics here, a leg up on getting in. You get two chances. They're both on your home floor. You don't have to go anywhere. The other team that's coming in for your second try is off of a game traveling after already traveling possibly. So – all the stuff is in place for you to win that game or win yeah. the second game at well, see, the very Bobby, least and get the in. Problem. The problem, Bobby, is that because everything is, is pretty much set up for you to have an edge, this team doesn't play well when they have this false sense of we've got an edge. This team is going to have problems if they're playing Charlotte. There is That team, if I'm the Celtics – would scare the crap out of me, not because of how talented they are, but because they look at you the way all other teams in the league do at this point, and that is they're soft. We play moderately hard. We will beat them. And the Celtics, their response when teams have come at them like that is, yep, yep, (laughs) yeah, yep. They don't fight back, Bobby, and Charlotte is coming in here to fight. I guarantee you they will not. They will not get blown up by the Celtics. I'm not expecting a blowout win. I just you look and at if some it of becomes those... a fight, Bobby. Who's going to win if it if it becomes a fight? Well, that's the thing. <laughs> look at look course. at look at some of their wins this year. Some of their better wins, like the Spurs game, the Warriors game, even their most recent win against the Hornets, and even that awesome game that Tatum led late against the Wizards a couple months ago. They they played some inspiring games against that middle of the league class there. And I still think they, they'll have the talent advantage in that game. I think they'll finally 
scramble together the will at that point and have the bodies in place. Well, why, Bobby, what, Bobby, that last point you made about scrambling together the will, what makes you think that's going to happen? Because I agree with you on the talent side. I think they are more talented than all these teams we're talking about. But that will to win, Bobby, what makes you think this team is going to have that going for it when we get to the playing game? Because you have to or you're going home. That's all there is to it in that game. Like it, <laughs> I, I think they might like that. Yeah. I was going to say, one, yeah. two, three, Cancun. Right. Like, let's get out of here. I'm done with this. <laughs> you think, so Bobby, you think I, that's I, where I, the team's I, at? Seriously, though, Bobby, yes. I hope that you're right. You I really hope that you're right because I think this team inside, they should have that desire and will to win. We, we've seen many of these core guys show that and display that. But this season, for whatever reason or reasons, it's just not there. And yeah. I'm not confident that it's going to all of a you sudden might, manifest itself. I'll in tell you that. Yeah. You know who it, I feel it, good about delivering it, though, is Kemba. The way he's playing right now. Right. Fine. How, how much he wants to be in the playoffs individually. But didn't him and uh, Fournier and Tatum combine for like 80 points the other night and they still lost? Yeah, they did. True. Kimba, They'll be playing more Kimba, minutes. I'm not worried about Kimba bringing it. I'm worried about them finding a way to win. Forget Kimba could go one for 72. If they win by three, good game. And he hits the one shot that wins it, great game. That's mm. not how this team functions. That will to win, Bobby, that you're talking about, I, I'm spot on with you. That is huge. And that's what this team has not shown they have. And, I, and I'm honestly it not – like, look, it I said, when, when you're out there, you're going to play. You're not out there thinking, like, I'm not going to try today because I want to lose. But it's like, how bad are you actually going to scratch, claw, fight to win? Or are you going to accept your fate and accept the outcome? Where you start to look at it and say – is losing the worst thing, you know, like if you don't, <laughs> but that's really it. If you don't have the mentality that losing is the worst like that thing, last that game in the AAU tournament, like, yeah. you know what, eh. dude, <laughs> I, I, said, I'll say this for my ties in Maui. Yeah, I'll make, <laughs> I'll make my You'd own be surprised how much your confidence or your, yeah, your, your fight to just, I'm diminish. not gonna lie. I'll make my own professional admission on this. Like every year, year in, year out, you know, doing what I, I you know, I've done for a living. When the, the Patriots have been the, basically in the AFC Championship game every single year. And when they're there and they're playing, you're thinking like, oh, they're going to win and I'm going to get to cover another Super Bowl. And it's going to be fun. But there's also part of you like, man, that's friggin' long and it sucks and it's Play all day grind. and night. And then those games that they lose, you're like, that's not so bad. I kind of got my life back. You know, like you can reconcile it, you know, like, you know, who, you know, but like, yeah, does, you're, does, you're like, yeah. you're like I, I, I actually don't mind the fact that like, I'm going to be able to take it easy a little bit now, you know, like, yeah, I, because like, like when I was in Detroit and they were going to the conference final every <laughs> damn year, you know, they, they've got a game seven at Miami to go to the NBA yeah. finals. And this was in 2005. And I'm thinking they're not going to beat. You know, D Wade and I really want to go through guys. this. Yeah. So, I'm, so my summer is about to start like in four hours. Damn it, they went on and won the game. Then and then you got to go to San Antonio. And, yeah. and needless to say, had no intentions of doing that. So you're making all these last minute fans. And to John's point, the life that you thought you were going to have, gone. No. Just like that. The Legends Vault is chiming in here to defend no, you, Bobby. Game seven. Wow. The Cleveland game, a game seven, when Tatum dunked on LeBron. I told myself before, during, do not think the Celtics are going to win this game. You know, don't don't let them suck you in and think, into thinking that. If the Celtics go in their run, Tatum dunks on LeBron, and for about maybe seven seconds, I'm like, is this it? Am I going to cover what? my first NBA Finals? And I'm still trying to push it down. I'm still trying to push it down. Nope, nope, don't get too excited. Don't get too excited. For like six minutes, I was I was there. Nah, maybe less. And then I was like, nope, you know, you guys know how that story ends. But yeah, yeah. I know that was a rough one. Well, you uh, know how Nick feels about this team, and he's he's with me on this. Like, it's not that hard to get through this playing tournament. It's not going to take a ton of sheer will. These teams that they're going to be running up against, and the Pacers are looking like a possibility here, given what the Hornets' uh, schedule looks like and the Wizards Bobby. last night. Bobby, what would the Celtics be if they played the entire season without Rob Williams and Jalen Brown? What would they be? The 11th seed? The 10th seed? They'd be, I mean, they, we, they would be Chicago Bulls. You know, what would they seed. be? Like, what are we talking about? Like, they're missing two hugely important players right now. Hugely they important. On a team that also lost nine. Gordon Hayward from last year. And I understand Fournier is in to supplement a little bit there. But, like, this team would not be considered an absolute playoff lock if all they had was Jason Tatum, Kemba Walker, Aaron Neesmith, 
you know, Pritchard, and this was your lineup every single night, they'd be an also ran. So Man, Chicago Bulls. They'd be there, I, right. They'd be fine. But you're you're not a team with two all stars. You're a team with one all star. You're a team with a lot of different holes. You're a team without a true point guard. You're a team without a true center. You're you're a team without much depth. This team would be kind of a pushover. So but we have to be real. Like you got to stop thinking of what you're. I'm not just thinking about the Celtics. Though. I'm thinking about the Pacers without Lavert and Warren and all these guys falling apart the way they are. Pacers are Wizards with that. With a question mark about Beal. Hayward, is Hayward going to play in this playing game? I don't, I don't, think I don't know. So. I don't think so. He's yeah. not trending there because he's not even back on the court. Yeah. yeah. So these other teams have question marks they have too. too yeah. You're right. And, and, and Bobby, and that's the thing that could, could certainly weigh in the Celtics' favor. But as we've talked about before, when we're talking about them going to the playoffs and doing some things there, they're going to get some breaks if they're going to make a legitimate run. Hell, even get out of the playing game. They're going to need some breaks they have no control over. Like, no. Bradley Bill not being available, for example, that would be a huge break. Gordon Hayward not being around for Charlotte. Also, Miles break. Bridges is also iffy right, right now. So you're right. right. You got a couple of issues with those teams too. And that will certainly impact their ability to win those games and could very well be the difference in them winning those games. But I'm not convinced that this team is going to play with enough will to win to beat those teams. And to your point, they don't need a lot of will to beat these teams, But the, and which is, to me, the sad part about it. I don't even think, even if you set the, the bar rid ridiculously low, they can meet <laughs> this that. This is my point. I'm not making a grand statement here about their potential. I just think that they can beat the Pacers or the Hornets they or can. the Wizards in one game yeah, at home. They can. I just don't think they will based upon the way they play the play. He's right here. They want vacation. I, I can no, see No, I'm ready. I want, <laughs> I want a competitive team. I want a team that's going to compete. That's what I want. That's all I've wanted all season. Joe Sway's what? dreaming of an early bedtime. <laughs> no, man. This, this just, eight o'clock start killed us too. I'm just thinking realistically, man. These guys, they never even they never even been through a season like this. You know, like they're itching. I mean, whether they know it or not, like mm -hmm. they're they're itching for the for for the finish line. You know, vacation time. Mm. No, it is baffling that they lost this game tonight. Like, this is the kind of stuff that makes you worried that they're not there anymore and that they're looking beyond this season. I, you know, I don't know. I, I, Like I said, I didn't have as much venom for this game. Some things were head-scratching. Again, this was a shit lineup they put out there. But you're still looking at things that bug you, which is, you know, general level of effort. Kind of. Well, they went down by 13 sort of late. Yeah, it's like, then, all right, if you lose, I'll, that's I'll, one a, thing. A bad start. Uh, absolutely falling apart, getting outscored 22 to seven in that stretch in the fourth quarter where the game got away from you. I mean, Tatum, uh, you know, whatever, puts on that late push, scores a bunch of points, one assist all night as a team. Was it 13 or 14 assists all night? You know, just didn't, weren't doing. Yeah. And again, I know who's out there on the floor. Just there was nothing encouraging about the way that they played again. You know, Brad's begging them before the game, like, we just got to play with what we've got the best we can. And they still can't do that. You know, like you expect a game when all your stars are out for everyone else who's in there in their place to come flying around. It's and it wasn't. At the bit. Yeah, yeah. And it wasn't, you know, not, not, not as much as you'd like to see. So tough to I see Neesmith struggle. Tough to Everybody see. did. Fournier had a had a terrible shooting night, you know. Yeah, and, and again, the shooting doesn't bother me as much as just guys playing hard defensively. I don't. I mean, if you go O for whatever and you play relatively hard effort wise defensively, I'm good because I know that shots you're going to have nice when shots don't fall, but you have absolute 100 control over how hard you play defensively every night. You do. Um, you know, this was just. This is a game I wish none of us had seen. Um, <laughs> we have know. a few more to go. <laughs> yeah, and it's going to be rough. So we're going to open up locker room in a little bit and go over there and hear from you guys uh, and see. I'll, I'll, I'll challenge anybody coming over to locker room. Give me something good. What's something positive? Let's get some positive. Tell me something going. good. I'll, I'll, give you, I'll give you a positive. <laughs> Grant Williams plus three. The only positive among the real Celtics rotation players tonight. I'll start. It I off. thought we were going to make it through this whole episode without. Yeah, you, couldn't do it. you couldn't go the whole episode without bringing up, bringing up Grant Williams. I'm there they up. go. They're on the reach. Uh, uh, the locker room. He actually went. I was just. I was bluffing. But Joe Swig, yeah, we can. We need you, buddy. Come on, this is a show. We're yeah. not talking Grant right now, okay? He was atrocious. 
he played okay. No, he could have been worse. That's true. But it's like it's like the same thing, man. I feel like a broken record talking about him. If he's not making that three point shot, like yeah, he's effective, but that just changes everything. Even if he what am I gonna threes, say? What am know? I gonna say, John? They're not building toward anything with these rotations, with these matchup based decisions here. I, every game's like a different vignette for Brad that he just mixes and matches things and experiments and Coming out of this year, I know injuries have something to do with it, but also I don't feel like there's a ton that they built this year. Like Pritchard and Neesmith built a good groundwork, I think. Don't know what's there to build on on top of that, but there could be something. A lot of the young players stagnated or reached the point where they're probably not even going to be here this year. And as far as lineups and rotations go, I know Brad said he had an idea of what it was going to look like come playoff time, but I I never got that sense at, at at that point that they were perfectly set with what their starting lineup and their bench rotations were going to look like. And I think that's been one of the biggest issues with yeah. them and Brad all year. It's nice. Like that. Like I, I, I wish we've said from the start, I wish Brent, Brad just picked his guys and went with them. And like I said, we had that little stretch of a couple of weeks ago when it looked like it, like I said, when Neesmith was playing, Jabari, Can you imagine Romeo, if they do this in the play-in game? Yeah. And it was like, okay, great. I just wish he'd done that all year. You know, like, these are the guys I want to roll with. So I'm going to force the issue. And that's where we were talking about with playing Neesmith and giving other guys minutes. Like, these are the guys you're going to want to go to battle with. So just get them acclimated. Get them used to the minutes you want them to play. Get them used to the people they're going to be playing with and just roll with it. The experimentation, the in and out and all of that stuff, yeah. I don't think did anybody any good. But that's um, the the problem john i think I, he never really showed his hand you know we, we, we kept thinking we we thought we had it down and then all of a sudden you know we, we thought neesmith was in he was in the circle of trust and then he gets back to back dnps you know yeah. it, it was it was tough for him and, and of course health doesn't you know injury yeah. doesn't help that but, i gotta warn some people real you know. quick we're gonna do locker room right now but you might need to update your app before you jump in uh, if we can put the link in the chat if we haven't already and pin it uh we're gonna be headed over there sherrod's already probably over there but uh it's making me update right now so i will do that and i'll head over myself it too. takes two seconds yeah it takes two seconds so just do that and then come join us but if you guys while you're waiting to join the room uh go update now uh we'll be heading over and do that uh um, yeah, and, and do that thing. Um, so guys, what do you think? Um, are they dropping these next two? Also? Wow. Dramatic effect. I like it. Bobby, that's you on as a second person, I think. Yeah, it is. That was my strategy tonight, <laughs> but didn't work. He said that's all the way back. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Sound like dude from uh Day to Confuse. <laughs> yeah, it is. Matthew yeah, all right. There we um, go. Good work. All right. Good work. All right, guys, I'm going to take off. I'm heading over to do some locker room with Sherrod. Uh, Josue, Bobby will wrap it up. Why don't you guys head over in about uh, 10 minutes here and uh, and do the thing with us. Uh, I'm out. I'll talk to you guys. Do you, a, do you have a big question for us or are we on our own? I don't have a good one for you guys right now. So I think <laughs> that was it. Let it, the, let it, it'll be. The two. Yeah. yeah. I'll leave it Josue tonight. I'll see what's on his mind. What you got? What you got for you? No, I was I was gonna see what you had for for us here. I mean, I, I can't pull a ton from this one. Like it's disappointing to for me, and the, it was kind of based on what I just said. Is there a ton of hope for the young players on this roster growing into something? Because remember last night, Sherrod said, "I want to see some veterans come in here," and we're like, "Probably not." They want to keep it cheap. They want to keep rolling with some of these young players and see if they can develop into something. I, Shemi's obviously not going anywhere, like in terms of potential. Grant, I think we've seen him stagnate. Uh, Edwards certainly has. Romeo, who knows? Like he did, he was a no show out there again tonight. I, like a lot of the players on this roster just don't seem to have that upside. They don't even show you flashes in games like this where they have plenty of opportunity. Yeah, I feel like those are the ones that you know are on the bubble no matter what. I mean, those are the ones where you're like during the offseason, you know, if, if they stay, if they stay you're like, oh, okay, maybe they got something there. But I mean, I, I think at this point of the season and in the situation, the scenario Celtics are in right now, I mean, if we're not seeing Jabari Parker out there, if we're not seeing, you know, uh, who else didn't play? Uh, I mean, does Taco, do, do they bring back Taco? Like, you know, the, again, these are conversations that Danny and, and Brad Stevens 
need to have. I mean, not to say that they didn't have a similar conversation before going into the offseason. I mean, I'm sure both of them agreed on Tristan Thompson. I'm sure both of them agreed on Jeff Teague. But maybe it's time to go back and, and thoroughly, you know, obviously Brad's going to go through the numbers and do analytics and all that. But, I, I mean, from the outside looking in, it, it just seems like guys like Robert Williams, you know, Evan Fournier, obviously we talked about him being a priority for them to bring back. But, I mean, Robert Williams, a healthy Robert Williams all season long, I still want to know what that looks like, you know. I yeah. hear the Celtics, you just traded away, or a, a couple months ago, you just traded away your starting center in Daniel Tice. I'm sure they want to know what a full healthy season of Robert Williams looks like. And you saw the stride that he made this season, so that's even makes it even more no, enticing. The rookies and Rob showed you enough this year that you think there's another step for those guys. There's a right. handful of others That's a good here. Way that, to put it. The rookies and Rob, right? Neesmith, yeah. Pritchard. Those, I think, those are the three that the Celtics are. But far, everybody far else, giving up on. they're not giving up on those three, right? Everybody else is hurting you in the rotation now, and might not be going anywhere. Which why is why is Jabari playing though? Like why? Why? Like I, I know he's not like he's not gonna thrill you, but like, can he just get a couple of reps? I just don't understand the logic behind it. If Robert Williams is out. I never, I don't understand it. They brought him in. I didn't have high expectations for him, but yeah, you want to see him play, and he Wait, hasn't. Carson Edwards, the only like, oh, I need, I need points in a hurry. Carson, like, is that his only or one of the? No, his only go-to off the bench because it isn't anybody else, right? No one else has that role, and no one's flourished in it. No, and that's kind of Parker's role in a forward sense or at center. It right. makes no sense. So why not combine that production with Grant? I mean, that's the thing, though. Defensively, yeah, he's. He's a bit of a liability, but we're talking about the Cleveland Cavaliers. I mean, he can't get on the court against the Cleveland Ca- the, the the just lost eleven in a row Cleveland Cavaliers. Like I just, he probably would have helped, and that's again, you're not man. building anything if you're not playing him. You're not even increasing the chances. I think of him fitting in next year, and who knows? He could have a great training camp. He could come in the next year healthy and fresh and right. turn around. But you want to see him meshing with some of these guys now. That's the reason why he's here. You would exactly. think he'd be able to play over Langford. Edwards, even Cornette. You know, I thought Cornette played well, but if I wouldn't be going crazy if Parker played over him in certain games. When they asked your, Brad your about... Your boy clocked in damn near 20 minutes, man. I don't know about all that. A little <laughs> too much Cornette for my liking. When, well, he, he does. he's done everything so far except make shots, which is tough um, because he gets open looks, really open looks, one yeah. of five here. Um, I saw the block though. I'm not sleeping they, on that. I saw those defensive stops. I like that. They asked Brad about Parker not too long ago. And Brad said that he hadn't been playing because some more guys were available. And now that less guys were available, you might see him more. And so it is kind of puzzling that they haven't increased his workload and opportunity uh, since, especially Rob is down now. They view him as a four, yeah. as a five, that kind of thing. So that opportunity is wide open for him then. Instead, Taco's gotten minutes. Uh, Cornette has gotten a ton of opportunity. Grant has played some small ball five. And Parker is really the odd one out of the entire rotation right now. Is he hurt? Is he banged up? Is he on ice? I don't know. I don't I don't I don't think that's the case. And I don't think he should have played against Miami either game. I don't think he he could have given the Celtics much in that in that But matchup. tonight he could have. But tonight, yeah. I, I mean the the third quarter, like it's been a story for most of the regular season, but like that first half, the Celtics were there. The other second half, if you need some point production, I mean, just to close out the third quarter before he puts in Pritchard, which he likes to do, which I would prefer to see Pritchard sooner. But I guess we got a little bit of that today. But, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't get it in a game like this. I haven't gotten the rotations for about two weeks now. And I'm worried that they're going to go into the play-in game with a similar approach. Let's figure out what we have tonight. Let's bounce around different ideas. Right. And we're down by 15. Isn't that the biggest reason? Well, what do you well, think hey, is the we biggest reason? though, right? Kemba's playing well. It's like, uh, he's going to need a little more than that. Well, what's going to help them is they can tighten it up. Uh, they can play Kemba a ton. They can play Tatum a ton, as yeah. well as Fournier, as well as Thompson, probably. Uh, so that's going oh, to help to some degree. I got a question well, for you, Bobby, but go ahead. But um, are you just going to be – here's my thing. I, these early deficits that we've talked about all year, it's got to be because of the starting lineups to some degree, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that's the start. Because we, we always – we've been saying it before the season even started, how top-heavy this team is and how thin the bench is. And, I mean, Jeff T's not even on the team anymore, you know? Like, like that yeah. was supposed to be one of those, those guys. He was another starter. Oh, my Lord. Yeah. 
again, they didn't have 36 different guys available and not unavailable all year. They were mixing and matching starting lineups through those stretches where certain guys weren't available. Every single night they've had different ideas of how they want to attack these games. And the problem with that is you don't have reliable specialists. Like Grant is not a reliable specialist in most cases. Uh, you know, Neesmith, when they wanted to go with him as a closer, he wasn't a reliable four stretcher at that point, but they viewed him as that. Brad has viewed these guys as what they can be. And in many cases, they haven't even shown potential of what he thinks they can be. Yeah. But it, what, what was your question? Oh yeah, I was gonna ask you. Um, before the game, did you seem uh, Brad seemed a little testy? You know, like he's uh he he's had it with these questions. I think it was uh, Corrales who asked um, John Corrales. Oh, damn it, I just had it. What did he ask him? He had a couple questions, so that probably uh <laughs> that probably didn't help. Oh man, I'm drawing a blank right now. Man. So what I heard was uh, player availability and um, Corrales pushback against the back-to-back thing with Kemba. No, that's what it was. That's what it was. Yeah. About Kemba. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I could say. Sense. It's like, if the Kemba worked, like, why why go against it and say, you know what? You're going to play on this. going to have a back-to-back in Cleveland. Like, that wouldn't have been really smart. Like, everything is working. We just saw the best uh, stretch of games from Kemba that we've seen in the last three years. Like, that's the one thing that works. So, I, I mean, I can obviously on brad's already probably a little edgy and and he i, I thought he was gonna snap man <laughs> i thought he was just gonna be like why would i do that john huh why would i do that <laughs> like i was waiting for it then like, then brad went on the then brad went on the radio and i think sean asked him uh do you like doing this media like you know you get a lot of the same questions this year and brad's like you know i do about 50 minutes i wish we could condense that a little bit <laughs> <laughs> I know from Brad right there. That's exactly what that is. Yeah, yeah, man. I don't blame him. I mean, I got to give him props. I mean, I, I mean, it's not that I doubted the Kemba Walker plan, but it was just like it's sort of what we've been talking about the last like week or so, right? You can't just turn it on in the playoffs. You can't just flip that switch. But he flipped well, it. Well, he flipped it well before the playoffs, and it was essentially what the Celtics have been talking about all year long, even before the season started, when we when we first found out about the stem cell injection. So I have three thoughts about it. It obviously worked, and that's good because it could work again next year and the year after that and put him in position to be successful with this team through the contract, which would be great because he, he's been a really helpful contributor this year. But the in-and-out thing definitely didn't help their stability. I don't know if they would have been much better if he played, tried to play every game, but you did see them really miss him in certain spots in those back-to-backs, especially when they were missing other guys. And number three the pessimistic look at it is that you got it this year. Maybe you won't get it next year. The benefit of him being fresh, healthy, and productive. This yeah. might've been that last shot at it from him. And it's like what we were he, saying about Hayward before he went down last year. Remember? It's like, man, you got a full season of like the best, yeah. Hayward, the best Hayward we saw in Boston, you know, arguably compared to the, the guy in Utah, I mean, completely different roles, but for, for what he did in, in that slot, that third man role, a four man role, like it was, it was huge. No other team had a weapon like that in the East. Yeah, well, what I, worries me is that and if that you role. used it, if you use that productivity on this year, if you receive that rather, and you don't get it next year, it, it was, it was almost a waste this year because they're not going to get anything out of how great he's playing and how great he's looking at the end of this year, unless they can make a little noise here at the end, and he might be a big part of that. I still think he oh, could I be the key. I thought you were gonna say, "Oh, unless they can, he could. They, they could turn that into trade value." And <laughs> do you want to trade high. him? I, like I again, I said this about a month ago. Now I'm done with the trade ideas for him. I just want to keep him around and get what you can get out of him because he's been awesome. No, I agree with that. No, I'm just saying. I thought you were going that route. Yeah. Because, you know, no, and I heard people like Bernadoni said, "Oh, maybe they can trade him for Horford." I don't want to do that, and I don't want to give him up for nothing. Yeah. No, I like, don't. I don't, I don't. I don't mind Kemba. I mean, obviously the health is, is a concern, but. From what we've seen, does that carry over to next year? If it does, you know that 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 puts the Celtics in a good position. And listen, I about a couple month a couple months ago, people, you know, on the comment section laughing at me about the Pritchard thing. Like that's that's inevitable. I don't I don't think it's an if. I think it's a win. Like when he's ready to take over, who's to say Kemba won't flourish? Could be a transition, yeah. In a six man role off the bench, just just pure scoring, you know, point production that this team has has. Essentially, has essentially hasn't had right at, at least until Isaiah Thomas turned into a starter. I mean, 
when's the last time they had a six man that could that they could rely on for solid point production you know who 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 wasn't you know thrust into the into the starting lineup you know what i mean like like i think again that's down the road but keeping Kemba around with the worst thing in the world it's just that 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 contract i mean again I mean, we knew that heading into this that there's a good chance that he's going to stay in that on the books for the celtics and people always freak out about the money at this point and this goes back to what we were talking about with smart and fournier the money's the money at this point they're going to be in the tax they're going to be spending a lot of money on this team so they might as well spend the money to have it be the best team possible giving up Kemba for role players or money filler coming back or even another bad contract coming back at this point is counterproductive. And like John said with Smart, you don't want to give up Smart for nothing either. Um, So I think ultimately you just run this back and give yourself some options to get out of stuff into next year. Like you could always trade Smart into next year. You could always fire Brad if the season starts as a disaster next year. But you got to give this team a shot to get it right. Because I do think, you know, we haven't seen them respond to the humbling of this season. But an offseason to think and reflect on it, everything that happened uh, could be productive. You know, these guys probably took like a night in, night out approach this year with how condensed everything was. They weren't trying to get too high off the wins. They weren't trying to get too low off the losses. And I don't think there was a lot of in-season time for reflection adjustments and uh, certainly not practice. Not practice, yeah. yeah. That's another thing, too. We got to – I mean, we haven't talked about that enough with Brad. I mean, he's the kind of coach that just – He's a practice coach, right? All about. <laughs> yeah, like he's not going to just – motivate you with his speeches or his you know let's win one for the gipper you know all that stuff like he's not that kind of coach he he he, he will make a team better with the more time he gets with them and, yeah. and obviously and that's if 80 percent or 85 percent of the of the time you're spending with the team is just playing games that's not how brad works you know yeah. brad, brad relies on that practice time more than anyone in the nba more than any more than most coaches i i think in terms of how effective he could be and that's a good point on Parker too. How many practices has Parker had? One, I think. Yeah. So Brad probably doesn't have a sense that he knows what he needs to do here yet in terms of the system and the play calls and everything else. Uh, now that once he throw him in right away. So that's all we got on tonight. Next is. Yeah, we're being summoned. Minnesota at a to be determined time, I believe. So the weekend games haven't been scheduled yet in terms of times. They try to throw everything in the afternoon on Sunday with the Knicks game. They wanted everything to be done by like 4.30 so we could do like a playoff preview, I guess, to end the week. Um, But the team freaked out because they all had to do COVID testing at 5, 6 a.m. if that was the case, especially on the West Coast. Uh, So those games will be spread out. We might get a night game on Sunday uh, possibly. So we'll see when those times come out. But Saturday's Minnesota. Sunday is New York, and that is the season. Celtics will be the seventh seed. We'll see if they get the Pacers, the uh, the Wizards, or the Hornets. All three of them are in play at this point uh, for that first playing game. But looks like we'll have a playing game to go to or two at TD Garden here. So, Joe Swipe Pavone, Bobby Manning, we will see you over at Locker Room.